As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome. You are listening to the Class of Hope and Change, classofhc.com, Twitter at classofhc, Instagram at classofhc. It's a space for ideas, music, culture, and good vibes. Let's go to work. I am your host, AG. Thanks again for listening to this latest episode of the Class of Hope and Change podcast. Today, we're talking with Camille. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this latest episode on the Class of Hope and Change podcast. Today, we're talking with Camille. Camille, say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone. Glad to have yet one more young voice joining us in this little movement that we've managed to construct over these past two years. And this conversation is actually happening on a very uh, interesting day in American history. So I'm glad that this gets to take my mind off of other events happening around the world. So Camille, I'll We'll start as I do with everybody that comes on the podcast. Uh, the same three questions, which are, where are you from? Where are you currently? And how do you spend your days? Um, I'm from Brooklyn, and I currently am in Brooklyn. And I spend my days either working, going to school, or sleeping. Okay. And in that particular order, do we start with... Uh, Do we start with sleep first and then make it to work when we can? Do you? I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to function. But yeah, I start with sleep first and then working in school. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's funny. I ask that because I, I've been reading. um, There's like this movement. The founder of the Huffington Post uh, is trying to start this movement to get Americans to sleep more, and they're trying to make like the whole "I'm too busy" and you know, um, we grind while they sleep, and this whole like world of like sleeping. 30 minutes a day. They're trying to make that not cool. They can, they can try. Yes. I'm all, try, I'm all for that. I hope they succeed. She's trying to get CEOs to sleep more. And so yeah. I figure, so I figure if we can all get back to taking like kindergarten naps, the world would be a better place. Basically. <laughs> so, Definitely. That's, I am with that hundred percent. Exactly. So ladies and gentlemen, if you need to, you know, get yourself right and take a little 15 minute nap and come back to this conversation, then uh, feel free to do that. And we'll see you when you wake up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so you're spending your days working sleeping and they're almost like going to school yeah and how's that balance what's that uh what's that balance been like in your college years as opposed to like when you were in high school is it the same keeping all those three things um together? definitely it's more much more about time management and, and organization you know when you're in high school you know i feel like you don't really have much to worry about but once when you're in college you know, it's like life hits you, like just, just all of a sudden. 
So I feel like you have to know how to balance certain things when you're when you're in college, supposed to when you're in high school. Yeah, it does. For me, at least, it does hit you. Like that's actually the right. <laughs> <laughs> that is the right analogy. Like that is exactly what like life happens. It's like the first couple, and Camille and I think we're talk, talking about this offline. But like the first couple of years of college are just the best. You know, you're like, oh, okay, this well, is yeah, you know, stomp the yard and drumline, everything's. And then you get somewhere around like junior year, and it just it's not like, fun. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Why did I come here? It all goes downhill from it there. It really does. Like it really. It's very and hard it's, to explain to people. And it's sad to say. It's sad to say, but that's. I've, I nine times out of ten, that's everyone. That's how everyone feels. Right. So, what do you do when you see like freshmen or like the people coming to visit on campus? Like, do you do you talk to them? Like, are you like the old? <laughs> are are you the yes, are you the happy go lucky person like selling the dream, or are you like, this is gonna suck it to you? No, I don't tell them nothing. I tell them how it is. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm not trying to. I'm not sugarcoating no anything yeah. because you know I don't want to build someone's you know, build their hope up and, you know, they come to college and they see what it is for itself. So, yeah. you know, I tell them this is how it is. This is how, this is what you should do when you get here. So, you know, they won't make the same mistakes that previous people did. So they'll have a successful college, um, years in college. Yeah. For, th- for those who didn't go, and I think one of the things that I've been really pleased with in the project is that we've had a variety of people who uh, have had all sorts of different post high school or whatever life experiences. And I think one of the things we're trying to do in this project, along with telling our own story, is like bridging the gaps that we tend to sometimes put up between ourselves. So for folks who, you know, did other things after high school or for whatever reason didn't get a chance to go away to school or whatever, what was like Mm -hmm. the biggest surprise for you? Like when you, what's like the biggest thing that most freshmen or people who are, you know, who didn't go to school, like the biggest misconception between the image they have of college and the reality? Um... All right, so for me, I've gone away to school, and now I'm back home. I feel like the misconception is not everything. Like, yeah, you know, the the, the party life and the campus life, you know, it's, it's all good and well. But once when you're, you know, behind in your classes, that's when it hits you. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, school, college is... Sometimes college are, you know, is known for that, that party life and that wildlife, you know, you, you know, in your young years. But um, compared to, compared to like going to a, a college away or a going school. to school local, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's really different. You yeah. know, you, you'll get to see the, the differences in both of them. You know, because I think there's always that unique experience of going away, especially like when you're 18 at, I guess some people who, you know, go away to anything, whether you take a year mm-hmm. and study abroad or you go to military or you do something away. Um, I do think that there's like, it's a unique moment in your life. You know, it is, it is kind of interesting, but yeah, they don't show you. I remember for us, you know, it was like that different world, you know, Hillman college, mm-hmm. and everything. And, but they don't show you like what happens on Tuesday, like a Tuesday in the middle of October. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like that's not at all. None of that was covered in drumline. Like nobody talks about what happens like Wednesday when your financial aid didn't come through. Like we don't get to that. Exactly. <laughs> so You'll just, you just get all the sugar coat, like I said, like, yeah. you know, previously and everything else. Like, you know, yeah. you need to know all the details. Yeah, you definitely. Exactly. Exactly. That definitely is a, a part of the reality. Um, one of the things I like yeah. to ask at the beginning of the conversations to give people a sense of who we're talking to is what I call the superlative question. And so 
this is where I take that yearbook phrase of most likely to and ask people to um, describe their lives now with it. So if you had to describe your life at this point, what would using that phrase, what would you say? Camille is most likely to what? Camille is most likely to not give up. Not give up. I would say. That, yeah, that sounds, yeah. Uh, that is, mo- that's like good. We're, we're recording this on a Friday, so I'm trying to give up, actually. <laughs> it's like, I kind of want to rock with that, but then the other side of me is like, no, you know what? We're, gonna, we're about to give yeah. up for three straight days. It'll be three straight days of giving exactly. up. Um, wh- why do you say that? That's like very motiv- motivational. I feel like I should um, be doing something better with my life right now. <laughs> I feel like when I, when I say, you know, I don't give up, I've been through a lot lately, like from the... I would say from the time I graduated from high school up until now, like life has really hit me in ways that I wasn't expect um wasn't expecting to. So mm-hmm. you know, I feel like after all this stuff, I just keep pushing. I keep I, I put the best foot forward, and I you know I just have a lot of faith as well. You know, so I just try to stay positive and think on the brighter side. Look yeah. at the brighter side. It definitely, you know, and it's funny, it's one of those things that we say, people say it a lot, you know, I think of sports movies and, you know, there's always some, mm-hmm. like, you know, or every now and then on Instagram, there's some like motivational quote with like some dude on a, you mm-hmm. know, on a private jet or whatever, or some girl in heels, <laughs> you know, it's just like, you can, you're one mm-hmm. step away. I'm like, actually, I'm, I'm several steps away from that private jet. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm about to, there. about to board this train real quick. Um. Exactly. But I'm I'm curious, like, how did you have you always been sort of that never give up person? Like, were you the person, you know, in the jungle gym in kindergarten, you know, falling off the monkey bars? Be like, <laughs> I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Or like, where did I'm always curious where people's like perseverance comes from? Is it did something traumatic happen um, or it's always been there? No, it's always been there. I always had a, a really great support system, you know, when it comes to family and telling and, and them telling me. You know, not to give up, keep the faith. So I really feel like having a good support system is is key when when I say that. Don't don't give up. And it's interesting you say that because one of the things that this project really has demonstrated, and I've been so grateful for people contributing, um, is you know everyone in their own way has talked about either their family, friends, support system, and I think particularly you know for this generation where like everything was like a single person so it's you know it's steve jobs by himself like you know like he created all of it by himself or you know it's beyonce or drake or whoever like in the culture is like all it's Mm -hmm. like they're like the only person um and so what's been interesting is that people keep coming back to the fact that hey you know that they had some sort of a group however they defined it um how Mm -hmm. do you define your support system is that family is that friends yeah, that's definitely family. Um, you know, that's also friends, like my really, you know, really close friends. Before my my uh, my godmother passed away, you know, she always she always told me to keep focused, never let you know small things get in the way, and um, you know, just just keep your head in the game. I feel like that's just family and friends for me. Yeah, it is important to have. There was another uh, in an earlier conversation, one of the people that came on said, you know, you have to have your people. doesn't matter sort of how you choose to define that. But, you know, everybody has to have their people. I think that's important, an important message in this moment, um, increasingly important, mm-hmm. given, given what else has happened the day we're taping this. Definitely. <laughs> and actually, to that point, one of the things that we're also doing in the project is talking about how people like 
how people construct their social lives. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, given the support system, this never give up attitude, are your friends, do they tend to be, well, friends, peers, associates, whatever the other words are, um, do they tend to be people who think like you or like, are they people who think differently and it complements you? Like, how does it, you know, how has it worked with you having that particular mindset? You know, when it comes to people that I, I socialize myself with, I always have uh, like-minded people around. Like, I, I do have, you know, like certain people that I associate myself with that are not, that, that doesn't act like me, but for some reason, you know, it, I guess like you said, it, it complements it complements the, the friendship and the, uh, the situation yeah. sometimes. I, I'm trying to find a word, but I can't. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I feel like I always try to associate myself with like-minded people so that I can always um, keep on track with keep on track with what I have to do or, you know, just life in general because you don't want any, you know, bad vibes or, you know, negative people in your life. Listen, that is I try to get that message. Listen, if you happen to consider yourself young, I'm not here to put any labels on anybody's age. So if you're listening <laughs> and you think you're young, <laughs> if you're rocking with Camille in a young group, uh, bless you. <laughs> But if you are, that'll add years to your life. I just, I'm always like, if there's one thing I try to encourage people, I was like, you have to keep the mess away. And I think one of the things that's, you know, also in the culture, like, we act yeah. like people can, because I think because so much in the culture, we celebrate, you know, if you're messy enough or your life is crazy enough, you can get famous off it, get a few checks and things like that. But like, mm-hmm. it's very hard to keep up a life where there's like a lot of, mess you know like it's just not yeah it's not healthy you might be able to get a couple retweets for a couple years but like it'll show when you you know (laughs) when you're not young anymore yeah uh yeah definitely so does that affect how you engage on social media too are you like do you only follow the those motivational uh (laughs) accounts or whatever are you the person reposting the the uh the you can do it private jet (laughs) pictures you can do it. <laughs> um, honestly, like I'm not really, I'm not really there for social media. Like, yeah, I, like I go on it, but to like actually follow people and you know just look at their lives, I feel like everyone's running their own race. Like some people can be and um can inspire me, mm-hmm. but it's just I don't really get into social media like everyone else does. Mm. And it's interesting, you're not alone in that. People have, and if you have not uh, listened to the entirety of this project, you need to get on iTunes, subscribe, and get that life together. But uh, people have come on at different points over the, the past two years, and different people have said that. You know, people have all sorts of different, you know, ways they use social media. But one of the things that's been interesting for me is to, again, document in this moment how, like, there was no universal narrative. It wasn't like everybody who was a millennial was attached, you know, the phone was attached to their face or whatever the, <laughs> the stereotype mm-hmm. is. Um, how has that, did, again, is that something that was always true for you? Like you always kind of kept a balance with it or did something dramatic happen on social media and you were like, <laughs> you know what? I'm done. We're, I'm done with this. Yeah. Delete um, all the apps. <laughs> I feel like, you know, like social media and technology itself is kind of taken over our lives <laughs> in a very dramatic way. Some people may see that. Some people might not. Um, for me, I feel like um, I had a dream um, about this very topic. Um, I'm not going to say, like, 
I'm just going to keep it short. Yeah. Um, you know, just basically I was uh, in this room and another person was sitting down and they were like looking at the corner into the room. And uh, there was like a, basically there was like the, the time traveling machine, like in like gold number or something like that. Right. <laughs> and um, their eyes were black. Um, like the whole eye, I was not just get, like the iris or whatever yeah like like the whole like even the white part okay and um i was trying to get their attention and they kept on staring into that into you know into the corner so i was trying to get some some help and like no one was around and the only way and at this point in time it was kind of hard for me to wake up too the only way i could wake up or even reach out to anybody was if i post something on facebook wow so so they, and to, these people aren't saying anything. They're just, I need to give people the visual. So you have people with black eyes just staring out the window. They're not saying anything. They're not like attacking you or something. No, like, no, they're not staring at the window. They're staring into the corner, the upper, the, the, like the, the corner of the room. Oh, okay. And it's only one person. Ah. So, yeah. So I was like, okay, this is really weird. But I was trying to send a, a, a do a post. And then I was trying to struggle to just press that post button. And then I finally forced myself to um, actually do it. And then that's the, that's the time when I woke up. So I was like, yeah, I have to stay woke. I have to wake up because mm. I can't let, you know, technology run my life or social media run my life. Right. Yeah, that's, that's deep. I, I, feel like that's, I feel like I don't even have the necessary qualifications to deal with that. So if you... At class, <laughs> at class of HC is the handle on the, you know, all, all the, uh, all the social media accounts. So if you need to, if you had the qualifications to help us interpret Camille's deep dream, I'm clearly not intelligent enough to, to decipher <laughs> the levels of this, you know, so I need somebody to, there, I feel like there's some real, uh, some Netflix documentary on it. I need somebody to, to, to get somebody, into that. Some, yeah. Somebody. Get some, let's get some clarity, right? I feel like there's like some profound, I don't know, Camille might be an X-Man or something. I don't know. Oh gosh! Superpowers that we don't possess. <laughs> the next Gene Gray, I think that's what it is. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> and so, yeah, I think I think it's interesting you give voice to that. I think it is something that, um, you know, one of the things that all the folks who do this technology keep telling us is that we're we're just at the very beginning. Like it seems like oh, such, mm-hmm. you know, such such has been out for ten, twenty years, but like what they keep telling us, this is very early. And you know, so. Um, we have to sort of figure out the rules of this. And I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what the, you know, the generation kind of right behind you all does, um, you know, with it. Mm-hmm. Like nothing is, nothing about social media is new to them. Nothing about a phone is new. So, um, so we'll see how it balances out. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I also like to do when I get folks to have these conversations is part of what we're trying to do in the project is document the culture and talk about what's happened over the past seven or so years through people's own experience and make sure we own our own history. And so one of the things I ask people is to think about your life seven, eight years ago and think back in your case mm-hmm. to, to the young woman you were then and the young woman we hear now. Um, would you say that if we would have talked to you seven years ago that we would have been speaking to basically the same person, kind of with the same, you know, value structure? No, definitely not. Like I was, like back then I was really shy. Like I was I really, you know, secluded myself and 
By the yeah, way, Camille says, Camille says that for people who are listening. I've known Camille for a while. Shy is not the word I'm going to use, but we're going to go with this. <laughs> no, that was <laughs> We're going to pretend ago. for the purposes of this podcast that Camille is actually <laughs> shy. But for those of you who need some background, she's not shy at all. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I- <laughs> no, but um, I was like, I was uh, growing up, you know, in a very strict Caribbean household, you know, like it was kind of hard to kind of voice your opinion. And, um, I feel like now I'm much more outgoing. I don't really hold my tongue for anyone, at least, you know, in a good way. And, um, you know, I just, I just, (laughs) I just tell it like it is, you know, I'm just really, I voice my opinions more. Mm. So that's something that, that, uh, that changed. Yeah. You mentioned, I want to come back and get this because you mentioned it. And I think it again gives, gives voice to the range of the diaspora. I think one of the things we've done in the project is just people's, uh, just all the different places that people come from. And I think have painted such a, a full, like, you know, Crayola 128 box, just of how much our mm-hmm. culture, you know, is diverse. And you said in a strict Caribbean household, I remember my first time going to Trinidad in particular. Um, and I mm-hmm. think the impression, particularly in parts of the country where there is not like a, a critical mass of, of West Indian or Caribbean folk. Um, I think the mm-hmm. impression of people from the Caribbean is like very laid back and chill. Or if you're familiar with carnival and the festivities around that, people are very used to either chilling or like the maximum turn up, you know, very, but I think very. one of the things that surprised me, like when I went to Trinidad is like, if you don't go during carnival, like it's a very conservative culture. Like a lot of Caribbean yeah. cultures are very conservative when it's not like performance time. So talk, I just, mm-hmm. I'm curious if you could just talk to us a little bit about like when you say strict Caribbean, what's it like? What's it like to grow up in a you know a Caribbean? What's that culture that you're talking about in terms of the difference between what people tend to think about you know Caribbean um, and what you experienced? Okay, so being that my family is a uh, Jamaican and Costa Rican, um, it is like strict on top of strict. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shout out to the Jamaican like, people who know know. <laughs> exactly, they that. definitely. But no, um, when I when I say you know strict household, a lot of Caribbean people are really big on tradition. I feel like you have like growing up, you have to have some type of manners. Like you can't you know be disrespectful in any type of way. Like you just have to act a certain way. Like you can't act out of character. Like you really just have to like keep still like un- until you until you reach that point and um until you reach an age where you can voice your opinion right. you know going back to you know me growing up me being a young adult i can now voice my opinion because now i am of age mm. you know so a lot of caribbean people feel like you know you can can do things out of order you got to do things the way people used to do it back in the day, you know? So it's, right. they're really big on tradition. Yeah. And I know, and I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the things that also, part of why it's so important for us to tell our stories to each other, even more so than necessarily also to the world, is that, you know, sometimes we get told, especially in the U.S., that's like certain, you know, immigrant cultures are like super tough on their mm-hmm. kids and certain people. And I think one of the things that, yeah, amazes me is like, no, actually, there's a lot of people's parents who are, you know, or a lot of people's families who have these values. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's not all, it, it has like anything else in life, trade-offs, but it's not like, 
you know, our culture is without some of these ideas. Um, so yeah, so now you know, when you see Carnival, people got a lot, that's <laughs> probably why the turn up is so yeah. high. People have and, a lot of pent up energy. <laughs> and another thing, you know, like when, when people are, when parents are strict and the families are strict, they don't mean it. They don't do it to be mean. They, they're doing it out of love. Right. It's just the way how they were brought up and their parents are brought up, you know? So it's, yeah. it's just all about love. Do you feel like you're going to keep and I guess this is kind of a, yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll see. I'll ask the question anyway. Do you feel like there are traditions? Have you decided there are already traditions? You're like, nah, this is not, <laughs> my kids aren't going to know anything about this. Like, have you decided which things that you plan on, you know, carrying on with you through life and which things that you. Oh, uh, definitely. Okay. <laughs> Camille's like, actually, I could have told you that seven years ago. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like there's stuff that I really didn't agree with, you know, when growing up with my parents. So now I know, you know what I'm saying, how I feel. Right. So I'm not gonna do that. Right. You know, bringing bringing somebody into the um into this world, you know. So right. I'm just so I'm that's just not gonna do that. It's already been decided. <laughs> Camille's like, that's, that's we've already mean. we've already deleted multiple lines. You'll you'll find out when we get exactly. it. <laughs> no, exactly. No, it is it is part of sort of the story of particularly first generation, second generation. You know how much of because you still want to keep the culture, right? And particularly, you know, I would, imagine, I would imagine the Jamaican side of the family, you know, being, I, being Jamaican is almost like being from Brooklyn. Like, you know, you sort of, you, it doesn't really matter where you go, you know, uh, folks, folks from that particular island are definitely going to let you know, you know, they're in the building. And so I would imagine there are parts yeah. of the culture that you want to keep, that sort of thing. But then, like you said, also being able to say, okay, you know what, that might not, that might need to be set to the side, so forth. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just I just feel like certain things like I'm definitely gonna keep you know the major values and traditions, but right. the stuff that I wasn't there for, nah, I'm not, nah, no, <laughs> not with it. Absolutely, the culture's getting advanced, ladies and gentlemen. So if you uh, now you know, <laughs> make no mistake about it. No, I'm glad you I'm glad you gave voice to that. It's so important for us to to talk about again the full range of of experiences within the diaspora. Um, are there things as you look back to that young young lady you were seven or so years ago? Are there things that have changed in terms of how you see the world? Like, are there things that are less important to you now, or things that have become more important? Um, I feel like family it has become more important to me. I, I've noticed that I've said family. I've mentioned family a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but family is really key. Kind of having somewhat of a, not a broken family, but everyone doesn't see eye to eye. I feel like that unity and, and, and union is very important growing up in this time of age, you know, because a lot of people are really uh, disoriented and they don't really have their families or they don't really have anyone to really, you know, to support them. So I feel like family has become more important to me. And you know, having that faith and, you know, I feel like God as as has actually been revealing a lot of more stuff to me. So that has become more important as well. Hmm. Yeah, no, I hear that. I think it's it's one of those things that particularly in our community, one of the things that I, I I'm appreciating more and more people are beginning to talk about our mental health, beginning to talk about issues of pain within people's families. And yeah, we have so much that we don't always address, you know, and, and it's, it's easy mm -hmm. to mask over stuff while you're winning on social media or whatever, winning in, you know, winning in life. But it's important. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it's, and it's been very helpful to hear. I think it's very important for, again, the culture to hear people keep coming on. And, you know, like you said, you mentioned family over and over again, that 
sometimes we allow other people to tell us how important you know family is to us so it's good to hear you mm -hmm. uh, good to hear you talk about that one of the things that and again i keep stressing this conversation is happening on a momentous day in america uh we are not going mm -hmm. to speak about why because i don't need that energy in my life that's right really now. not but <laughs> particularly in this moment uh you know one of the things that has been so profound for me over the past two years has been to document or allow people to document from their own point of view, kind of what they see when they look out um, at the country and at, you know, at the place that they're from. And given, you know, given your own background, given your own personality, given the things you've experienced, you know, when you look at New York, when you look at Brooklyn, when you look at the U.S. right now, what do you, what do you feel like you're seeing? Like I, like I said before, I see a lot of disorientation. I see a lot of frustration and hate. You know, I don't see, I don't see happiness. I don't see anyone, you know, coming together. So I feel like, like those things are just really going to bring people down when I see that, like that, that's basically what I see. Look at everything that, um, that's going on. Yeah. And how do you, what is, uh, self-care is the word that I use, the word a lot of other people use, but. How do you, again, you mentioned at the top of this conversation, you know, this idea of, of having a never give up spirit. You've, you've mentioned a couple of times your faith and things of that nature. And we already know you're, you're Jean Grey with the dreams out here. So, um, you know, like, how do you, keep, <laughs> how do you keep yourself right? Like frustration and hate. I, I mean, I'm sort of still dealing with the fact you said both of those two things. I think they are kind of separate. Mm -hmm. So how do you keep like your, your mental situation you know, what do you do to, to take care of yourself in, in these in these times? Um, definitely pray. Like that's the first thing that I do. Um I always like to keep I always like to keep busy. So for one, I dance and two, you know, like I would just I mean, I would sleep. That's that's kinda like the third of course. thing I would do. We already suggested but, um, right. Universal naps. That's what I'm for. <laughs> Camille Camille twenty twenty, universal definitely. naps for everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Get on get get, get exactly. your ballots ready. We're gonna do this. <laughs> exactly. Get get on it, man. But um no, I, I just definitely I don't like to keep um the negative energy in, you know, I just try to find to I just try to find different ways to take my mind off of certain stuff, you know. Yeah, I never give energy to the negative things. Yeah, you mentioned dance, and I think what kind of dance um, is 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 um, a method of release? Oh, <laughs> I do a lot of um, like African dancing, a little bit of hip hop, um, a lot of reggae dancing, and certain stuff. Like if I if I like feel the if I feel the music, if I like the music, then you know I'll just All I'll right. just dance. You know, <laughs> if the spirit leads you. <laughs> Yes, definitely. It is one of those things that I think um, in sort of we're in this, well, we've always been in this phase where our culture, you know, just continues to give the world just new creation of bodily movement, you know, just about every six months. We, we do it for free. And I, I hope in this next chapter of, of the culture that we begin to charge royalties for all that we give. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the role of dance. And I think about, you know, the folks I know who, who, who dance and whatnot, you know, talk about what it does when you're in that space. Because I think people sometimes, because, you know, the kids always come up with these little dances and sometimes it could be like, oh, stop dancing or, you know, other people kind of judge us negatively for it. But it's so integral to, I think, the diaspora. So talk about, you know, when you're dancing, what does it, what does it do for you? What do you feel in, in those spaces? It takes me to another place. 
you know, like it doesn't necessarily take me from reality, but it just eases my mind. I feel like sometimes you just need to step back and reflect and just do something for you for once to really calm yourself and just, you know, just be in another place. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's yeah. critical. I think one of the phrases that me and my brother use are, you know, people of the sun, people of the drum, you know, kind of mm-hmm. sort of what the diaspora right. is about. It's, it's, it's very important that we keep that going. Uh, my exit question, I'm so grateful that, uh, that you've taken some time on this, uh, on this day to, to, talk, to talk with us. Uh, one of the exit questions mm-hmm. that I like to ask people to make sure that we never end a conversation without giving folks, um, you know, an example or of people and organizations that are doing work that inspires the guests we're talking to. And I think one of the things we've been able to do over the past two years is really show just how much is going on out here and, um, and that we, mm-hmm. don't, you know, we don't have to wait for uh, anybody uh, on our side or not on our side to get with the program. So um, what, who would you say in this moment, you know, is there anyone doing something out here that inspires you, whether it's an organization or individuals or, or anything that you would like to highlight? Um, being that, all right, so being that I want to become a registered nurse, a lot of people in the medical field, they actually do inspire me. Well, that's the only reason, well, that's one of the reasons why I want to become <clears throat> RN. I feel like a lot of people who are doing charity work and, and giving back to the less fortunate, that also inspires me because, you know, when that time comes for me to do what I have to do, I'll also give back. Yeah. You know, like, I, I I love helping people, so the fact that I can help in any which way that I can is actually a great feeling, so it's definitely one, well, one of the many things that uh that inspires me. And we definitely are going to need <laughs> caregivers, <laughs> caretakers, care sharers. Just, if you do any kind of caring, definitely. we just listen. I hope you, I hope you all get paid. You could so listen. We, we so clearly Camille's gonna have to be our president in 2020 because she's for free naps. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying we got the, we got the nurses and the caretakers dancing. That's pretty much. I don't really think what else is there. Like <laughs> we can mm-hmm. put that on the posters now, ladies and gentlemen. So. You know, we can get the internet behind that and uh, start to start to do some things properly out here. Definitely. Uh, well, Camille, thank you so much for taking the time to to talk with us. I'm really grateful to have your voice in this moment and um, and for the perspective. No problem. Look forward to seeing what's coming for you in the future. Thank you so much. I want to thank Camille for taking the time to lend her voice to this project. This conversation uh, is the final one in this series. This represents a two-year journey of talking with millennials from across uh, the diaspora and even across, um, even beyond, across multiple cultures and continents and age ranges and life experiences. It's been a profoundly humbling experience. I'm so grateful to everyone who contributed their voice and their story and their time and their thoughts and their dreams and goals and struggles in this moment. You have seen what the young people are doing. You will see more from them in the future. Definitely, definitely help us get the word out about this project and the phenomenal range of lives and experiences and everything that's in the culture in this moment. So classofhc.com is the website. You can catch up on all the old interviews. We have uh, all sorts of pieces there, movie reviews, some music there you probably haven't heard that you need to get into. We have a shop opened up so you can support us 
with some merch as well. We'd appreciate that. On iTunes, you can subscribe, leave a review. It's not too late to do that. Definitely hit that share button. Let your friends, family, and everyone else know that this project exists, that we own our own history, that we tell our own stories, particularly important in this moment as we go forward into this next chapter. Uh, go out to the website, classofhc.com. We also have a mailing list. Uh, definitely let you know when the companion books are coming out and when some other products will be available. So appreciate each and every single one of you. Again, my humblest, humblest thanks to all those who contributed to this project. Look forward to what is ahead for all of us in the coming years. Be well and be safe, family.